I hit Vancouver in the blazing sun on the 9th of February, 61. And from the 10th of February through till May, it rained and poured all night and day. The more they tried to keep me down, the better I live in this here town. And the more they try to grind you down, the better I like Vancouver town. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Vancouver Places We Tell You the Fun, Interesting Stories about the city of Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada that you must not miss. We've got me here. We've got Mike. We've got Dave. Dave's, Dave's hair is wide. I just realized Dave's hair is just wild right now. So, so I'm kind of Dave, looking like the professor from uh, Get Back to the Future. I've not cut my hairs in a Sorry, year, 14 we'll get, months since the pandemic began. So we'll it's get my, back on my a, protest, my pandemic hair. All right, professor. We'll get back on the subject here, but I'm yeah. sorry, I got very distracted by Dave's hair. Um, Dave, speaking of you, this one's, this one's <laughs> pretty much... subject, yeah, This one's pretty much going to be uh, the Dave show. So no, we're no, talking no, about no, today. no. I, I, just, I, I like the topic. I mean, I, I want you guys to participate. We're going to talk about the, uh, we're really going to talk about the rise and fall of the mighty Vancouver Grizzlies. And uh, Mike, you know, you're half my age, but I mean, it's a hip logo, isn't it? I mean, I see young people wearing hats and t-shirts, Grizzlies, and they haven't been around for, God, for 19 years, you know, 19 or 20 years, but people still wear their merchandise. Well, and for those who don't know, who are the Grizzlies? Well, you're going to learn who they are right now. Do tell. Well, um, the NBA was going to expand from 27 to 29 teams in uh, in 1995. They're going to add one team in Canada, and then they decided to add two, and they added the Grizzlies. And um, I got a job working for them. So I was there um, a year before we, uh, when we were acquiring the franchise, I was involved in that. And um, and then when uh, the team moved to Memphis, I worked I worked for them for seven years. And when we moved to Memphis, we loaded up the truck and we moved to Tennessee, as they'd say in the Beverly Hillbillies. And I moved down there with them. So it's a, uh, it was a bit, it was, I ate, lived and breathed basketball. That was my entire life for the entire duration they were here. And uh, do you know what they were going to be called? We had, we had the choice between three names. The dolphins, the, 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 dolphins? the, kill, the killer whales, <laughs> the killer <laughs> whales, the killers. No, um, the, the Grizzlies was a name that we settled on, but the other two names that we were thinking of when we were pitching the NBA were the, um, the Vancouver Mounties. Okay. Right. Yeah. And the Vancouver Rain. Those were two other names. Oh, I just, I just oh, that sounds so much yeah. depressing. I'm glad rain. you guys went with the Grizzlies because that one sounds depressing. The Mighty Grizz. And then they moved to uh, they moved to Memphis. I, I moved down there with them. And I, I'll tell you, there's not many Grizzly Bears down in Memphis. I mean, I go to the woods, <laughs> Tennessee mountains, the Ozarks and stuff. And, uh, you know, the. Where did those names Hockey come top. from anyway, Dave? Did you guys just huh? like, uh, was it just like you guys in the boardroom someplace smoking your cigars saying, you know, what should we call this <laughs> no, thing? Or Graham, did the, you consult the public? Or No, the NBA have a tight rein in all of their trademarks. And truth be known, although, you know, we we, we were the, we were owned by Arthur Griffiths and then owned by um, a guy named Michael Heisley. But the, all those trademarks are, you know, really the property of the NBA. And so, you know, you don't just say we're going to name it this the team. They're, they have a lot of say in the design, the graphics, the name the rollouts mm-hmm. and i think the grizzlies was a was a good name but the mounties we ran into a bunch of um, corporate problems with the rcmp but it would have been a really cool name to have a scarlet and uniform with you know yellow stripes up the side and you can oh, yeah. imagine yeah. the headlines you know, we win a game and the mounties always get their man kind or of funny in hindsight because uh, yeah. haven't they done some deal with disney now um, well, the Mounties, the, the actual RCMP, um, <laughs> they um, wanted to monetize their their logo and they uh, sold the rights to Disney to be the people that would license the logo on their behalf. But that deal backfired. What? Yeah, it's not totally other story. There's nothing to do with the Grizzlies. So I don't want to go there. But, yeah, sorry, um, okay. I'm taking you off yeah. uh, off track there. Um, it's just so, so the interesting talking to you about these things, Dave. 
<laughs> and the um, the NBA have got three criteria for us to get the team. Um, one was that we sell 12,500 seasons tickets in advance. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. And the second is that we build a brand new arena. They would not uh, accept a team in, a, in a, an arena that existed. They wanted a brand new state-of-the-art mm-hmm. facility. And then it was, it sounds like a paltry fee nowadays because NBA teams are selling for a a billion, $2 billion of their net worth, but it was $125 million expansion fee um, for us to, uh, to, so if you could, if you could satisfy those three criteria, the 12,500 pre-sold at the time, the Vancouver Canucks had 8,000 seasons ticket holders. So it was unbelievably ambitious plan. Yeah. We're kind of getting ahead of ourselves because the reason we're talking about this is because our chapter in our book, 111 Places in Vancouver That You Must Not Miss, is about the Vancouver, the sport, the BC Sports Hall of Fame by BC Place. Have you been there, Mike, to the BC Sports Hall of Fame? Uh, it's in, yeah, it's in BC Place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And Graham, I think you've been there. I'm, I'm sure. No, it's no, got a, no, I haven't. And I've been, yeah, I've, it's got a great, a great no. huge display on the Vancouver Canucks, you know, a, yeah. a massive, maybe a 800 square foot room, you know. Then it's got a wonderful display on the, um, the indie car guy, um, Greg Moore, is that it? was that his name? The um, hmm. yeah, the car know. driver, um, Greg Moore. Hmm. And then it's got the BC Lions, and it's got a Rick Hansen tribute, Terry. Fi- and then, if you're looking around for um, anything to do with the Grizzlies, there is an old case in the very bottom of it, like a like a jeweler's case with a glass window in it. And there's a game ball there from the Grizzlies. There's one basketball. It takes up less than three square feet. And this was a professional sports franchise we had for six seasons. And I can't believe that the only homage is like an old basketball in there. Nothing. It's like they didn't exist. <laughs> I think well, the BC Sports Hall of Fame is great. But um, I think they could do a better job with the Vancouver Grizzlies display. So were they, that, um, I'm really glad you found that, uh, that piece, that artifact in the uh, Hall of Fame, though, Dave. Because, you know, to go and see the things that you would expect to see, that's mm-hmm. good. But to go and see the thing that you didn't expect to see or that is kind of overlooked, but is uh, more special than it appears, that sort of tickles my you know, interest. It was cool. A, it a was cool. That's the motivator and for me to go there, actually, is, is to see yeah. this ball. Well, you, you, you'll, you'll find it. I mean, you will seek it out and you'll find this kind of ball. It's kind of covered in dust in the corner in the bottom of the shelf. And that's that's it. We're here for six years. Um, it's got you a know, couple autographs pack, on it. pack. GM place, so which is now Rogers Arena with 20,000 people every night. And, you know, Michael Jordan came to town and, you know, Charles Barkley. It was that era. And uh, it was just so exciting. And the Grizz, the, they, they, you know, they really had a following and the games were so much fun. Yeah. So why did they leave? Why don't why aren't they here well, now? Oh, my God. Um, yeah, I Sorry, teach a sports a marketing question? class. <laughs> yeah. I do an hour long lecture on this. But let me yeah. tell you the let me tell you why they left. OK, the, the main reason and. I've written a couple of stories about it. I always say it was because of Alan Greenspan, you know, and they said, was he a point guard that we didn't draft or anything? And I go, no, he was the the chairman of the American Fed at the time. So in our planning meetings, when we acquired the team in 94, 95 in boardrooms, the Canadian dollar was at 96, 97 cents. We never conceived the dollar would go down to 62 or 63, which it did four or five years after they acquired the team. All of our revenues, every cent we collected was in Canadian dollars. Okay, so our our sponsorship, our broadcast revenue, our ticket sales, licensed merchandise. So everything we collected was in Canadian dollars and all of our expenses were salaries. You know, these players are making eight, 10, 12 million dollars a year. And they don't get paid in Canadian dollars. All the contracts were signed in U.S. dollars. So every time the Canadian dollars slipped by a quarter or a half a cent, we'd lose two or three million dollars on the exchange rate. Mm -hmm. And by the time we lost the team, we could have we could have sold out every game and had the arena full 
and we still would have lost money. So I ended up becoming the, the team's vice president. And at the year that I was at the helm on the, on the business side, we lost more money than any other NBA team in the history of the league. So here I am looking for my next job, and I'm meeting with different teams to get hired. I, I flew to Detroit to interview with the Pistons. I interviewed with the Houston Rockets. And right off the bat, you say, well, I'm Dave Doherty. Our team's lost more money in the history of the NBA. How would you like to hire me? <laughs> You're hired. That explains why you my, NBA, like you know what you're doing? my NBA uh, career came to a crashing halt, but it yeah. was because it really was because of the Canadian dollar and it it's uh, sliding. And at the same time that yeah. it slid, player salaries doubled. And so we were caught right. in a horrible squeeze. And oh. um, a, a, a gentleman from Chicago bought the team. His name was Michael Heisley. And, you know, Chicago already had a team. We knew he wouldn't move the team to Chicago, but he promised to leave the team in Vancouver then after a year, um, the team, like I say, we I moved to Memphis with them, and I absolutely uh, hated living in Memphis. So so, it's a tough move from Vancouver. I was going to quick quickly. I want I want to know if you did see Elvis while you're in Memphis, but also I want to know <laughs> have things changed? Like, is it viable now to 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 have an NBA franchise in Vancouver? Well, you know, it's because been I twenty think- years, and in those twenty years, there was a, a brief period where the Canadian dollar was worth more than the American dollar. And people always ask me, they say, you think the, the Grizzlies will come back? The commissioner of the NBA at the time, David Stern, and when he retired, he was asked what his biggest mistakes were. And that was one of the mistakes, he said, allowing a franchise to come to Vancouver. I think the demand is there. The arena is still, you know, viable. Um, I think that we, we could sport a franchise, but because the NBA sees it as a mistake, they shouldn't have done it. He regrets it. He, he since has passed away. But it, it'd be a tough sale to have them come back anytime soon. I'd never say never. I mean, it was so great. Nothing would make me happier than have the to have the muddy Grizz come back. I think that'd be pretty yeah, cool. Super- I think people would be all for it. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a young lady named Cat Jane who did a documentary on our star player. It was a guy named Big Country. It was this big. Uh, he's from Gans, Oklahoma, our center. That for the entire six years we were here, he was the uh, he was the star. Him and Sharif Abdul Rahim was the other star. <laughs> Blue Edwards and Greg Anthony, and oh my God, all these fantastic athletic young men that were just so exciting to watch. But she did a documentary on Big Country, and she's a real proponent of bringing the Grizzlies back. She's always leading the charge and having rallies and trying to do all she can. But it's it's a business deal, and and teams don't sell for 125 million now. That's not the expansion fee. The expansion fee would be more like half a billion, and teams are worth the billions and. Who's going to buy them and bring them and finance them? And, you know, it's a real business decision. It was a, it was a, be a tough one to make. I'd hate to see them mm-hmm. um, come up here and, and not succeed. I mean, you have to be pretty sure they're going to succeed if you're going to bring them back. Get, <laughs> yeah. uh, get Lululemon should be a big, big sponsor of that. We call them, call them the Vancouver Lemons. And it gets oh, that would be- <laughs> Lululemon Dome. So, David, I'll tell you, at the time, were ahead, they Mike. the... Were they the only Canadian team or were the Raptors around? They were led into the league in uh, in 95 and the Raptors came in at the same time. And everybody asked me, how come the Raptors still exist? And I yeah. say, because Toronto is twice as big in terms of uh, you know, a city. Toronto has much more corporate presence. Toronto, the Toronto Maple Leafs were the, the company that Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment also, you know, we're, we're such a powerful company. They could sustain that storm. We yeah. appeal to all of the other teams in the league. Uh, to give us a prop up our prop us up for a couple of years as this dollar crisis hit us. Mm-hmm. And we were in league meetings where we'd say, look, you guys want two Canadian teams. You got to help us out. And the NBA never came to our aid financially to recognize that it's an uneven playing field. 
when we're getting 62 cents on the dollar when other teams are all getting their, you know, their revenues in American dollars. So it's too bad that they didn't bail us out for a few years. We might have ridden the storm, could have, would have, should have. We were also one of the worst teams in the league. We were we were the seller. <laughs> well, I'll tell you the, uh, well, the I guess that's story. part of the equation. We, um, we ended up winning our very first game ever. It was in a, uh, our first game was an away game uh, in Portland. Uh, where everybody's kind of wondering, how's the team going to do? It's a brand new franchise. You know, we had a few exhibition games at home. They don't count. But then the real first league game was an away game in Portland, and we win. And then we come home, and we win our home opener. And no NBA franchise team has ever won three games in a row. Their first, You know, if you're a franchise new team in the history of the league, it's never happened. So we're going into our third game, and we lose it. And then we lose the next 19 in a row. And wow. we we were always the worst team in the league. You know, we were in last place. So that didn't help. But people always say to me, <laughs> people always say to me, you know, if we had drafted um, Steve, you know, Steve Nash was available. And there was a Chinese basketball player named Yao Ming that, you know, people saying we should have drafted him and all these could have, would have, should have. Stu Jackson was our general manager. He was a great guy. I mean, it was just so much fun. But we were losing money hand over fist and the whole thing just kind of. Um, mm. But uh, my, my funny story is I um, I got hired by the team because I had a lot of experience in um, in corporate sponsorship. You know, I'd raise the money for the Commonwealth Games and raise the money for the Rick Hansen tour. So I was I was brought on strictly as a hired gun to raise sponsorship money. I knew nothing about basketball. I'd never been to a basketball <laughs> game. And um, it didn't really matter because they they weren't concerned about my basketball. Well, they didn't want ball. to put you on the field yeah, on the yeah. court, then, you know, right? Well, we're in a meeting with one of our scouts, and I don't know how I got into this meeting, but they figured you know we'll invite Dorgy, the director of sponsorship sales, there, and you know, and they're talking all about scouting because that's a big part of an NBA team. And this guy, our, our head scout's name was Larry. I'm trying to remember his last name, but he says he's, he's, he's got his eye on a promising player from the Yukon, you know? And I'm thinking, well, there's no players in the Yukon. You know? I'm thinking, what are you going to do? Go up to um, you know, Canada? Tuck, tuck. And I'm thinking, should I say something? Like, I mean, Larry, I know you're a good scout. And you're you hiring you, you know, 250000 a year to scout for us. But if you're, if you're going to the Northwest Territory, the Yukon, looking for players, and I just kept my mouth shut. And then I said it to somebody else after the meeting. I said, God, this guy, Larry, he's, he's going after players in the Yukon. And they go, Yukon is the University of Connecticut. You. <laughs> and I'm so like from the rest of my life, I could think if I if I had opened my big mouth, they would, just, would you shut up? Like, stupid. That's I didn't so know if, if NBA games were played in quarters or thirds. Like I remember <laughs> going to my boss's office going, we own the Canucks, right? And the Canucks play thirds. Like there's three, there's three thirds in the game. Do the Grizzlies play in thirds? They go, no, you idiot. They play in quarters. Okay, I just don't know. But anyways, we, you know, I wasn't hired for my basketball knowledge. Dave, I was like, um, I think there was a story you used to say. I might be wrong on this one, but you always used to give out, uh, you had season tickets because you get them working there. And you used to oh, give yeah. them out to people, right? And then didn't you yeah. realize that they were the worst seats in the entire place? And you had been, been proudly giving them out to people. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm a big, big shot at the team. Entertainment and we own the Canucks. We own the Grizzlies. We built this arena. Elton John or Tina Turner came to town. It was just a wonderful place, you know. And as part of my package, you know, you got your parking place, you got your office, you got your season's tickets. And, and I never sat in my seats, you know, I'd always give them out because I was always working at the games and busy. And finally, I'd say, like, I'm a big shot. I'm vice president of the team and whatever, director of business development and all this and that. And I, I'd give my tickets out. I hope you enjoy yourself. Here's two tickets. Be my guest, you know, come and pick them up. And one day I thought I'd go decide 
I go sit in them and see where they are. They're 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 right in the back wall, like the very worst seats in the house in the corner, you know. But um, I thought, God, how embarrassing to be giving these tickets out. Never even bothered to go to check where they are, you know. But anyway, that's funny. Oh, it was so much fun. I mean, I I would love to see the Grizzlies come back. And um, you know, while they were here, it was a magical time. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. And uh, they're still in the league. I mean, they're still playing in Memphis and uh, they play at the FedEx Forum down there. I, I don't even know who owns them anymore or, you know, I don't, I don't really follow the NBA anymore. <laughs> but if you want to see this, uh, this ball, the, the authentic, if you want to see the, the ball, last game ball, it's at it really uh, isn't. BC it's, Place. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's, it's at the BC Sports Hall of Fame, which is worth going to and seek it out. In a corner and in, in a dusty shadow in the bottom of a jeweler's case is an old worn out ball that belonged to the Grizz. And other than that, um, you know, I just really, really believe that um, it was wonderful in Vancouver when we had them. But, you know, nothing lasts forever and um, could have, would have, should have. I wish they were still here, but they're not. <laughs> well, like you were saying, Dave, I think they are having a bit of a renaissance. I know that they actually set up a. Um, uh, a store like a pop-up store i think it was on granville or something to just sell old grizzlies gear and it, it sold out really quick and i think that yeah there's a lot of excitement i wasn't around when they were playing here obviously but people seem to think about them talk about them very highly and remember them with really great times well so. whenever i look at uh, somebody wearing a grizzlies hat i always wonder you know is there a licensing royalty that's going to somebody you know i mean you can't just print a, the vancouver grizzlies in a cap and start selling it in a store somewhere i mean somebody owns that trademark but does the nba care i, I don't know but this this young lady cat james did a wonderful documentary on big country and she's working on another documentary on the on the actual grizzlies team and uh mm-hmm. i wish her nothing but success she came by and filmed one of my um bcit sports marketing classes where i, I lecture for i lecture for about an hour and a half on the business side of the grizzlies and the nba and give a much longer explanation as to why we uh why we lost them but i i was there when we shut the lights on at, at the general motors place and then the very last game when we shut the lights off and we all headed down to memphis you know and that was a another chapter in my life awesome okay so on that note any last remaining thoughts Go down, see that ball. Go down, see bring the ball. Back the, bring back the Grizz. Bring back the Grizz. I tell you, we've got this amazing announcer named Al Murdoch, who's the, you know, you know Al, Mike, don't you? He's I don't, the, um, Well, he's the Canucks announcer. He does the Canucks oh, announcer. Oh, okay, yeah. He was the Vancouver Grizzlies announcer, and I, uh, you know, I always kind of Walter Mitty. I thought maybe he'll get sick one day, and they'll ask me to do it. But, um, <laughs> never did. But he'd go, "All right, Vancouver, stand up, get on your feet!" And you know, in the whole arena, twenty thousand people would stand up, and then all the players would run out. Our Grizz would repel the Grizzly mascot from the ceiling with the strobe lights and the cheerleaders and the cannons shooting out prizes. I mean, it was it was the circus. But Al Murdoch went on to become one of the well, one of the most uh, esteemed announcers in the NHL. I mean, he's an amazing announcer that does the Vancouver Canucks games. He did all the Grizz games. But my, that, that's I just wanted to yell that out. <laughs> so that, that was your last. Took twenty years for me to say it's that. A pretty good audition, Dave. Yeah, yeah. You passed the audition. You got the job, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so on that note, uh, head down to BC Plays in the BC Sports Hall of Fame. Check out the uh, last Grizzlies ball. Just send us some old photos on Facebook about uh, you at Grizzlies games or what your favorite thoughts of the Grizzlies are. Like I said, just go to our Facebook page, check that out, uh, like it, share your thoughts, tell us what you think about what we're doing, what we want to do, what we should do next, and then your favorite spots in Vancouver. But as always, make sure that you come back next week for another episode of Vancouver Places. See you then. I hit Vancouver in the blazing sun on the 9th of February, 61. And from the 10th of February through till May, it rained and poured all night and day. The more they tried, the king be
try to glance you down.